0: I met Frances McGrogan because she and I are both members of Dave Jackson's School of Podcasting, and she's been helping me make this show a little bit better. One of the really cool things about Frances is that she's retired and she has started her own podcast called Stand Curious. Her podcast is about different hobbies that people have, so I thought that she'd make a great guest on today's episode of Rock Your Retirement. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Our guest today is Frances McGrogan, who was born in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, sorry, that's a mouthful for me, and moved to England for four years in her early 20s. She got married to a Brit and then returned to Canada. After a number of service industry jobs, in 1985, she joined the Canada Border Services Agency and worked there for about 30 years she also learned to speak french when she was around 48 years old and you know it's really difficult to learn a language after you turn 14 so we're going to talk to her about that so she became bilingual francis was a senior hq manager until retired in january of 2016 at the age of 55 how lucky is that She loves computers and will let her tell us her story about how she became involved in that, but also she has other activities that help her rock her retirement. She's on the show because of some very interesting things that she's doing, and you'll find out about them in a few minutes. Frances, welcome to the show. Tell us how you first got into computers and what you're doing now.
1: Well, hi, Kath, and thanks very much for inviting me. This is quite exciting. Um, yes. I've never been actually interviewed before. I don't really think so. So, I am um, computers. I, you know, there's always just been something ever since um, they brought a computer into my office, one computer, because there were, <laughs> it was the only one. It was in the single one in the, the end of the floor. And no one knew what to do with it. It took some lab technician in a white coat about three days to install it. And so there was a, a little bit of a, um, a mystery about it, and no one really knew what to do. So I used to go over and just sort of turn it on and see if I could make it do things. I used to try little words like I used to type in all kinds of you know go, please, stop, <laughs> and eventually uh, somebody said try the word dir. So I didn't know what it stood for, but I put it in dir, and all of a sudden all this stuff came on the screen. It flashed off, but that had me hooked. I, ha- I had to be. Make- <laughs> it's a command in DOS <laughs> to make all uh, give a directory of all the files that are on the system. Oh.
0: D-I-R. Yes. <laughs> oh, D-I-R. I was thinking D-U-R, and I'm like, I don't know what DIR means. <laughs>
1: no, directory. Yeah, that yes. was funny. It that was so fun. exciting when all these, these um, characters went flying by on this tiny little screen, and I thought, ah, oh, I, I love this thing. <laughs> wow. When was that? Well, I think it must have been about 86. So okay. it So it was pretty early days for a computer to be in an office environment. You still sort of thought of computers as those things that took up a whole room, right? Uh, you know, I
0: remember that. I remember when I got my first computer; it was 1990, and it was a laptop.
1: Wow, and that's I was early. The
0: only, yeah, I was the only person in my office um, who had a laptop. I was selling and I was selling investments at the time, and my boss told me that I needed to get a laptop, and it was a lot of money for me at the time. It was, gosh three thousand dollars it was more than I made in a month mm. and I thought Ooh, I don't know if I can afford this and it had 40, 40 meg. megabyte hard drive yeah, that was standard back then and yeah. it had like a carrying case and the thing was built like a tank <laughs> and I was the only one who had one see and I was young you know I was in my 20s and so I was selling retirement plans so I was going to people who were in their 60s with this laptop
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to I had a a portion of my position was at uh, one time I used to be an auditor. Um and it was in the early nineties. And uh we at one point they started asking us to carry these laptops and you're right, they they were so, so heavy.
0: Like fifty pounds, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. it's a traveling computer. Yeah. yeah, right.
1: Yeah, and I used to have to go through the airport with this thing. <laughs> I'd forgotten. They were really heavy, weren't they? They <laughs> were.
0: They were so heavy, just like the phone. Remember the old phones? Yes. The brick phones? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Oh, it's so crazy. so you got interested after you typed in DIR and saw the cool things. So how did you learn it and how old were you back then? Were you in your 20s like I was
1: when I first um, yeah, started? Yeah, late late 20s, I guess, early 30s. Okay. So you, you did you
0: take a DOS class or you just learned it intuitively or how did you how did you learn?
1: Well, there wasn't an awful lot. Yeah, it was mostly uh self-taught like i said trying words uh trying to see what it what it would do i've always been thinking what would it do i remember when i um first tried to get it to get attached to uh get online but it was just through the phone lines to connect to our local library it was very hard because you had to manually set you know this all these different uh parameters and uh, parity and so on and i remember i got a friend I finally found another friend who was also interested and she lived about three houses down. And so we would sit there every evening trying to get our computers to talk to each other over the phone lines. How fun. And it was a riot. And we just kept trying all of these different things. And I remember, you know, after doing it hours and hours, days later, I saw her words come across my screen and I jumped up and I was so excited. (laughs) And my husband looked at me and said, why didn't you just pick up the phone and call her? (laughs) that funny yeah that wasn't the point it's so the point yeah, was it just, was
0: exciting it was yeah. exciting
1: and it was it was really fun just to try to figure out what to say to make this thing work for you you know and it was such a, a rush when you it, it did something back and I think that that's really that was that really caused a momentum so I kept on trying to learn a little bit more a little bit more. I tried to get my my children my husband my extended family and friends interested as well. So I think I just thought it just had a, a, a fascination for me and I wanted to know how to make it do these things.
0: So is the word for that geek or nerd? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Either way, I'm a, I'm a wannabe. I, I know that I'm always going to be on the edge because I've always, you know, it's a hobby. It's never been a full time thing for me. And uh, I've had an awful lot of other things I like to do as well. So I always think I'm, I'm, I'm a wannabe. Well, (laughs) but I would say both because, you know, I like uh, science fiction and all that kind of thing as well, too. So, yeah. Did
0: you watch that show? I don't know if it was in Canada, but we had a pilot here called Humans. Did you get that in Canada? Uh,
1: You know, we may have done. I'm not a big television watcher. I'll watch a few shows and movies that, you know, when I select to do that. Mm -hmm. So I don't tend to watch or follow the series so much so sorry to say it might have been it's very likely that that it was in canada but it doesn't ring a bell for me
0: well i think I got canceled anyway i had like six episodes and it was about these androids that looked like humans and and how they were being chased down by the government to be deconstructed because they weren't supposed to be able to think oh like you know and have baby you know they wanted to have their own lives
1: (laughs) oh that there's been so many there was the code maker which is a book I read years and years ago, which was on that theme, and there was also Blade Runner with Harrison Ford, which was the same sort of theme you know wh- where does a computer stop being a computer into a robot into a a thinking sentient being
0: well there's actually a i posted on my i don't know if it was on I think it was on my personal Facebook page. Where there's actually a computer now that they've built mm-hmm. that is an Android and it looks like a person. It talks to you and it says, it, I want to learn. I want to go to school and maybe someday I want to have a family. But mm-hmm. right now I'm not considered a real person, so I can't do that.
1: <laughs> no, it's like Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> now, those themes have always been so interesting for us, I think. But, you know, as humans, what what makes us human? AI, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. they've been making some real strides in that lately i've been following uh there's been a uh, chess game a computer that will play chess and it's been doing uh, rather well against the humans so i think uh, they they continue to push the uh the frontier of ai out i think
0: Absolutely. If I see now, I really want one that'll come and clean my house, but then I'll feel guilty <laughs> if it looks like
1: a human and
0: I'll feel like, oh, it wants to have its own life and it's my little computer slave. So <laughs>
1: we'll have to train our dogs to do that then.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the dogs don't have an opposable thumb. So it's really hard. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> we can figure this out. So you have some interesting hobbies. So tell our listeners how you and I met.
1: Well, you are just starting into the podcasting world, and I've been hovering around podcasting for the last few years where I was working. I was trying to sort of do it on the side, but I've decided to, you know, now that I'm I'm retired, I can do it full, full time. And as you're coming into this uh, area as well, we uh, both made a selection of our, our chosen coach, Dave Jackson, School of Podcasting. Wonderful um, place, a wonderful group of people. And uh, so we were both uh, at detention, I think. Was it at detention that we both were at the same time? In the, detention? Uh, <laughs> in detention. <laughs> I like to think of the, uh, the we have it's these cool. monthly school <laughs> office hours, and uh, right. I like to think of them as detention. So.
0: That's funny. Yeah, we, I pro- he probably would put me in detention. Because <laughs> I don't always follow his advice exactly. Just like you, I think, we have the same target audience, uh, my target audience is baby boomers. Although mm-hmm. your podcast, I think anybody could listen to. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. What's it about?
1: Well, my podcast is called standcurious.com. And I think that it's sort of um, a a theme that I've had throughout my entire life is it's sort of that FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. I always want to see the next thing. I want to see what's going on. What are, what, what are you doing when I meet people and I find out what they're doing. It's like, wow, that sounds interesting. I'd love to do that. Tell me more. And I know over the years, I've met so many people that have been doing so many interesting things. And I thought, oh, you know, one time when I have time, I'm going to look into that. I'm going to do a little bit of that. And I found that now that I am retired, I'm thinking, now, what were all of those things I wanted to do? So I wanted to compile all of those up and, and, and just continue that conversation with people. And you know, Kath, I think, like you said, is it baby boomers? And I, I'm not sure that I'm comfortable with even that term baby boomers because it says <laughs> you're a certain type of person because you were born in a certain range of time, yeah. from this time to this time. Therefore, this is what you're interested in, and this is who you are. And I feel that we're really, regardless of age, we're, you know, we all have our, our indi- individual interests. M- my interests seem to follow along the, the electronic computer range of things but my children neither one of them have much interest in computers for their own sake at all so you know that doesn't it doesn't necessarily follow those kinds of generational types of uh rules i think you're interested in what you're interested in i also have sort of a a sub name of the leisure generation for the people that i think that, that that are interested it's anybody that has a little bit of an interest and leisure time available, and whether that's connected with your age or not, I I think not. But yeah, so talk to people about their hobbies and their interests and what they've got going on in their lives, and people are (laughs) incredibly interesting. I'm really, really enjoying the interviews I've had so far.
0: What kinds of uh, people, what kinds of hobbies have you learned about so far?
1: Well, I've talked to someone who does... um, She's an editor for books, so a person who wants to be a self-published editor, she would be a, a, a consultant editor, which is a sign of the times. Right. <laughs> uh, I spoke to a person who is a Latin scholar. He promotes and lives with Latin and about seven or eight other languages. I was going to say, because Latin is so widely used. Well, Well, that's kind of how I started the interview. I said, so this is a dead language, isn't it? What are you doing? But it was rather, it was really interesting because for one thing, it's not, it does follow the definition of a dead language, but a dead language is defined as something who doesn't have native born speakers, but in fact, Latin is quite well uh, spoken all over the world doctors no well actually mostly in um well scholarly areas but uh doctors lawyers and um the the churches but they actually speak the i i i thought it wasn't spoken but it was spoken and he proved to me by speaking some latin at the end of my podcast for me wow so um so that was i found that really interesting and I've I've actually got a few that I haven't got up yet. Oh, I've got someone who does painting. She's a um a PhD college professor, but her real passion is painting. So we talked about painting. You know, really uh, what she gets out of it, what how you would get started, and a little bit about what kind of hobby it is. It is a is it, you know, a solitary pursuit or is it uh you know very a social one and those sorts of things. I have a few more I don't know if they're up yet, but one is with a person but you know who what? has... It, do,
0: it doesn't matter if they're up because my interviews get posted usually several weeks later. So by the time this airs, all of your, all yeah, of these people all you're talking about yeah, are probably going to be up.
1: I have a lovely person who is expecting her second child and she is covered in the most stunning tattoos and she has agreed to come and talk to me about uh, her body art and why she does it and what she gets from it. And I'm hoping to get some insights as to what she, where she gets her designs and so on. And, and what makes her do, do that. So Now, where did you meet her? Well, okay, this person I met when, um, I'm also involved with dog rescue organizations mm-hmm. up here. And so I met her a number of years ago now through that organization.
0: Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So, your hobby is basically interviewing people about their hobbies.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have too many hobbies, right? <laughs> it's
0: sort of a well, speaking thing. <laughs> of that, do you have other hobbies besides the podcast, or what else
1: are you doing? I really and the dog, sure. the dog yeah, rescue, my, of my dog, my dogs. Yeah, I'd like to uh, to do that. I really enjoy photography, uh, video, and images as well and that includes all the way up to at one point when I used to be a website designer I used to have a little business on the side doing that and I found that there was a lot of people that needed good photographs for their website so I started sort of taking photographs and it sort of expanded until I started producing stock photography wow. and then I start. I uh, there used to be pl- well there's a place online called iStock Photo, and I'm one of the contributing photographers uh, on that site and fun. so it's uh you know you sell your stock photography and you get a little paycheck every uh every few months that's okay. a fun thing to do and some people really do well financially there whereas for me i dabble but um there's some people some of the photographers on there that have uh, made a living doing that wow so that's, that's quite a, an interesting thing. That's a fun thing to do. That, and it's just a fun thing, of course. And I really enjoy a lot of social activities. I play darts and I, I've written the, um, the website for our darts, to, which takes in all of our numbers and gives all the darts people all the stats they can, <laughs> they can consume <laughs> about their darting um, capacity and how it's changed over the years. So I'm on the executive for that. And I've been doing that for a number of yeah. years.
0: Now here in the US, at least I associate darts with drinking.
1: So <laughs> is this darts with drinking or darts um, with no drinking? I yeah, do drink. <laughs> I, I'm not a big drinker. I I, I never acquired the taste. I, I take my coffee into the well, we're um it's in a bar. Yes. See, that's
0: what yes. I thought. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay. Now that you mention it, people are drinking around me. <laughs> I enjoy people that drink. I think they're so fun. I, I'm yeah. always the designated driver. I'm always just having a laugh on the side, and um, I, I don't need to indulge myself. In order to enjoy the uh, the atmosphere, for sure.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I wasn't accusing you of drinking. But I just thought That's that quite was all right. Good. It's quite all right. So, so I would be interested to know whose stats are better: the ones that drink the most or the ones that drink the
1: least. You know what? You you may be surprised to hear that people often say, "I, I can't shoot until I have a bit more to drink," <laughs> and darned if they don't improve.
0: Well, it's the funny so thing funny. you talked you talked about the the artist and. Here in San Diego, we have several organizations that do wine and painting. They have different. Oh,
1: yes, yes, I've seen that. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: so when I've gone a couple of times, and I always tell my friends when we go, I say, now, my husband doesn't drink that much and so we say now he's going to be the designated driver and the more you drink the better your painting's going to turn out. <laughs> so and yeah. it's true Yes. you loosen
1: up it, and your painting turns out a lot better so yeah oh people who drink are so much fun. <laughs> I, I wish I just over- yeah I just don't um I just for some reason I prefer to have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and I just never acquired the taste for for alcohol.
0: Well, that's okay because uh, it's, for some people, it's not good for them anyway. And overindulging is is not good either. So,
1: (laughs) Well, my husband's a Brit, so he does enjoy his uh, beer. That's for sure. So, you know, he, I (laughs) not make him sound like a lush, (laughs) but (laughs) what I'm saying is (laughs) he's fine with me being the designated driver when we socialize. (laughs)
0: That's good. Now you have children, so Mm -hmm. do they have a Canadian accent where they say Mm A? (laughs) Or do they have a British accent or is it somewhere in between?
1: (laughs) Well, it's an interesting question and I'll tell you why. Because my children are both full Canadian. They were born and brought up here. They um, were never in England until, um, except they had a British father. And my son was brought up or he was looked after by his British, my mother's British. His other grandparents were all British and they raised him until they went to kindergarten. Or they? You know, mm. day cared him. So when he did start to kindergarten, he had the lovely little English accent, uh, which soon disappeared. But my daughter, she moved back. She went to visit England, similarly to how I did. Uh, but she didn't come home. She hasn't been home yet, and she's been gone twelve years.
0: Oh, she probably has a British accent by now. She, she certainly does.
1: She lives. <laughs> she lives in Liverpool, and when we Skype, I just half the time I go what (laughs) no idea (laughs) because it's not just the accent but it's also all of the idioms that they use all the expressions right like what do they say for
0: trunk in the United States we say trunk and they say boot boot Boot. right yeah see now
1: I should know those because I my mother was English and uh so I was brought up with all of those but there's an awful lot of as she said uh, I don't have much shrapnel on me and I'm shrapnel what is she talking about <laughs> and then i realized just through the context that she meant she didn't have any loose change on her oh <laughs> so when i lived in england that was not an expression <laughs> so well, you know slang changes it right does. well it it does and and england seems to change a little bit more quickly than other places maybe but, right
0: absolutely
1: and when you combine that with the accent i don't know why we bother talking to them you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> i hope she doesn't hear this no <laughs>
1: Oh, she's heard it before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're we're starting to wrap up. So there's a mm-hmm. couple of questions I want to get in before we're done with the interview. And that is, um, tell me about a typical day, the difference between a typical day when you were working and a typical day now. Well, when
1: I worked, I had to get up about six o'clock in the morning and get dressed and, and have a shower and so on. And that is fact is I absolutely identical. So I've only been retired, as you've noticed, for a few months, but I've really tried to stick to a, a pattern of getting up, getting ready, getting dressed. And I'm an early riser anyway. So that doesn't change. What's changed is really so far for me anyway, is just this huge weight and the sense of freedom that I can do whatever I want. So I'll come down and I'll I'll do all of it because I'm very structured. I've, uh, you know, I think it's a habit of a lifetime. I, I sat down and I made a schedule. I gave myself certain days off. Wednesdays are typically my days off, which means I can go out and meet friends for coffee and so on. But I try to stick to that because I really want to do some of these things. And I like to take I'm taking a number of online courses. And I really want to make sure that I, I do my podcast. And um, so I, I try to stay quite structured still. But it's the it's the it's the mindset that's so different, I think more than anything else. I I met my friend for coffee a few days ago and it was during the day. And I suddenly looked around and I suddenly got this absolute thrill went through me when I realized that normally her and I would be at work and we would be feeling, oh, we have to rush off to work. And there was this just a humendous, wonderful feeling of freedom that I can do whatever I want. And I think that's why I, I so enjoy talking to people about what they're doing because I don't want to miss out. I want to hear what everybody's doing and, and maybe, you know, take a little bit of a taste of everything. And, and, and I have that feeling that I can do that now. So, you know, typical day isn't all that different. I come home, <laughs> my husband comes home at four and we'll, we'll, we'll chat and we'll do things on the computers in the evening. But, um, it's really that, uh, the approach, that feeling that, that you get. A freedom. A freedom. It's a feeling of freedom. And maybe you know, I'm I'm still this is still the blush. It's still brand new to me. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: actually you're atypical. I usually don't interview people until after they've been retired at least six months. Mm-hmm. Um, Because of the fact that when you first retire, you're running around, you're doing things. And so we're probably going to have to schedule another interview with you in about (laughs) nine months or so and see how you're
1: doing. Yeah, see if I'm completely a mess and (laughs) unorganized. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I do have a couple of questions that I like to ask all of my retirees and you may or may not have an answer yet. And if you don't have an answer yet, that's fine because, again, it's still new to you. But the first question is, what do you wish you would have known before you retired?
1: Yeah, I think that is rather interesting. Uh, rather, um, maybe not quite for me yet because now I still um, I still haven't got a, I, I really don't feel like my head's totally in retirement yet. I think I've still got one foot in, one foot out. And I don't think there's really anything, you know, and I've often thought that it's kind of nice to just sort of jump in on things sometimes. And I rather like that it's a, for me anyway, for my personality, I like that every day is an adventure and I'm inventing it as I go along. So I don't know that I necessarily would have wanted to know anything more than, other than, you know, making sure all the financial stuff, you got to have all that kind of stuff locked down. And, you know, you've got to have that kind of um, foundation, all things done. But in terms of your, your free time and how you approach it, I, I rather like the fact that It's jumping without a parachute right now, (laughs) and um, I'm going to see, well, maybe that's not the best analogy, but it's kind of nice to see where I'm going to end up.
0: Okay, well, we'll check back with you in a few months and see where you're (laughs) at then. And then the second question may be the same. You may be too young of a retiree to know the answer yet, but um, we do have a lot of listeners who are either new retirees like yourself or might feel stuck in their lives at the moment. And if you were sitting across a table from a new retiree or or someone who's been retired for a while but feels stuck, what's the one piece of advice that you would give them to have a successful retirement?
1: Well, you know, I've got to say, listen to my podcast. That's a perfect answer. <laughs> Stand curious. <laughs> Look for some new ideas. I always find when I pick up a new hobby, whatever it is, whether it's a physical activity or whether it's, you know something more cerebral, there's always that excitement of first learning and first getting into it and first, and and that really is that, that feeling that, you know, those are some of the best feelings that you get as you go through. Other than, you know, you know, uh, having kids and connection with your husband and your dogs and so on, but, you know, just what you get out of what you do every day. I always need to have that, that excitement of learning something new, finding out something new and uh, giving it a try. So. Yeah, listen to my podcast, get some ideas.
0: How can people find your podcast?
1: It's standcurious.com and everything, I've got everything there. So my contact information is there. If anybody is interested in being a guest, come on and tell me what they're uh, up to. I'd love to talk to them. All of that information is there. So I'm on Twitter. I tend to be more of a follower than a speaker on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great place to to listen to other people. And uh, yeah, no email and there's a contact form and a little bit more information about myself is there. So standcurious.com.
0: And if they want to listen to you on their phones, then the information on how to do that is on your website as well?
1: Yes. Yes. It's okay, a single perfect. place for everything. So
0: Which is more than what I can say for mine right now. So <laughs> maybe you'll have to show me how to do that. <laughs> with, with pleasure. Mine is rockyourretirement.com, but I'm also on Stitcher and iTunes and all of that, but I don't. I don't have the little buttons on my website that say click here to, to add to. I don't know how to do that yet. So that's the next thing yeah. that Dave Jackson at School of Podcasting is going to teach me by me watching his videos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, he is a very good teacher. Very good. And I appreciate his uh, his sense of humor is fabulous, too. You know, he just. Absolutely. So if
0: anybody on the show is interested in starting a podcast the way that Francis and I have done, then you can go to the schoolofpodcasting.com as well and learn how to do what we're doing. Francis, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. I know that you're usually the person doing the interviewing, so thanks for taking a, a little break and telling us about what you are doing. My pleasure. And for my listeners, please go to either iTunes or Stitcher or Podcast Addict and subscribe to the show. And that way you'll get a notification every time a new episode is uploaded. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Has your doctor told you to exercise more, but then you wondered how much more and which exercises would be best to get the results you want? I'm fitness trainer Christine Burke. I'd like to help answer your questions so you can start exercising and get some great results sooner. Right now, Rock Your Retirement podcast listeners can get free tips and a special offer by going to my website at lightheartedfitness.com slash R-O-C-K rock that's lightheartedfitness.com slash rock for the Rocky retirement special offer. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the rock your retirement show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes one through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show, the monthly episodes, starting with 237, follow a real retiree from her pre announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two. Subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show, and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to lead podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review, whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course we're shooting for those five star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money, and of course, by now you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.